Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us these tribal trails. Tribal trails. Tribal Welcome to Tribal Trails. Thank you for joining us today. Our special guest today is David and Elizabeth Lilly. And we are filming in Pinawa, Manitoba. And we're so glad to have you as our guest today. And I'd like to know you both a little bit more. So uh, where are you from? Uh, we live in a place called Big Valley, Alberta. And Big Valley is uh, just outside of Drumheller, between Drumheller and Stettler. And uh, it's a community that's uh, been made famous by uh, the uh, steam train uh, trains that come through the community. And they bring in about 3,000 tourists uh, every season. And the town is, is based on a Western culture, but also they, they uh, do, do recognize indigenous culture and uh, especially uh, uh, involving the Plains Indians and the, the Métis uh, people that uh, use that area as a rendezvous, a meeting place uh, in the 1800s. And uh, there were buffalo herds in that area and a lot of trade was done between the various tribes and, and the Métis people. Okay, David, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, I came to know the Lord uh, almost 40 years ago in Alberta. And I've always said that uh, I believe that God has a sense of humor because he chose to use a Christian cowboy to lead a Métis who was raised up in, in a religion um, that uh, didn't teach a lot about uh, salvation or, or grace and um, to believe in a Jewish Messiah. And uh, God used all these different circumstances. The, the person that led, us to, uh, led me to the Lord on the 10th anniversary of, uh, of my conversion I called him up and I said, uh, Brother Phil, I said, I want to thank you for sharing the gospel with me. It's changed my life. So on the 20th anniversary of my uh, conversion, I phoned him up again. And I phoned and I said, Phil, I want to thank you that you took time to share the gospel with me. It's changed my life. On the 30th anniversary of my conversion, I phoned Phil up again. He hadn't changed his phone number. And I said, Phil, thank you for sharing the gospel with me. It's changed my life. Mm -hmm. So I've got two more years before I celebrate the 40th anniversary of my conversion. But God willing, I'll be able to uh, pull out his phone number from the phone book mm -hmm. and call him and say, Phil, thank you for sharing the gospel because it's changed my life. And I know it's going to change my eternity. Okay. You said, thank you for sharing the gospel because it has changed my life. How has it changed your life? Well, as a young man, um, for many years, I, I was living a life that uh, can best be described as uh, dysfunctional and destructive. And for a period of time, I had lived on the streets in, in Calgary. Um, I had no prospects for employment. Um, I had no education had no vocational training whatsoever, and I just sort of wandered and uh, with no direction whatsoever. 
after my conversion, I, I was uh, actually, actually directed to a church in the city. And uh, through my association with that church, I, I went through a discipleship program similar to Teen Challenge. And um, through that, I, I was discipled and uh, I was becoming a productive Christian. And at that time, I began to, to sense the call of the Lord on my life. But I felt that I needed to, uh, to, to, to set some time aside to, uh, to get some Bible training. And so the Lord led me to, uh, to study uh, in a three-year Bible college in uh, Nippon, Saskatchewan. And so it was really while I was at Nippon that I, I began to study the Bible from the, Old, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And I began to study different uh, Christian teachings. And uh, I think through, through the, uh, the godly example of my professors, my teachers, and, and other fellow students, uh, I saw how, um, how good life could be and uh, how God could bless families. Uh, by that time, I had met my wife, Elizabeth, and uh, the Lord blessed us with three daughters. And again, it was through um, the godly example of my professors and that. Um, at that time, I got to know David Dunn. He was my, one of my professors at Bible school, and uh, through him, I got to know the Singing Hills. And just their example um, began to, to have an effect on, on my life and on my family. And I sort of keep in touch with them even today and uh, just marvel at what God, how God has used that family. And uh, yeah, so that, that was part of the process for me. Can you tell me one thing you learned in Bible school? One thing I learned in Bible school? Well, I, I think going again uh, back to the, uh, David Dunn's teaching and his influence and he, he taught me a, a, about a love for Israel. He taught me to love Israel. And he always said that, uh, you know, you can never go wrong loving what God loves. And he said, God loves Israel. And uh, I, I've carried that with me. And uh, I'll just share a quick story. When I was in Bible school, um, when I didn't have two pennies to, to rub together, I, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but God gave me a desire to go to the land of Israel. And through my association with Mr. Dunn, David Dunn, he somehow made that possible. And so as a student, I was able to go to, uh, to Israel in my last year of Bible college. And it, while it was there, the Bible just kind of leapt out of the pages, you know, and, and it just became so real. And um, I had a sense that th this is my home. And ever since then, there's been a longing. You know, I, I'm, it's as wonderful as the surroundings are here. Heaven is the home that God has been preparing for us since the beginning. And someday we're going to, to be there. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, we can just long for that. That gets me through the real difficult days, the hard times, the trials, the tribulations, longing for that. I've been traveling here in this life With its heart, its trouble and strife Sometimes Satan tries to tell me to turn aside I say Satan, get the behind No returning in me you'll find I'm too near my heavenly home where I'll abide I'm too near home 
Bible school in Nipawin. Yes. And you met your wife, Elizabeth, beautiful wife, Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth, can you can you tell me where you're from? Victoria. I'm from Victoria, so I grew up there, and uh, I came to know the Lord. Um, I attended a Bible club that was uh, mainly to East Indians in Victoria, and uh, the ladies there. I was one of the few white people, and. Uh, the ladies that ran it um, asked me over for a Saturday and then they asked me if I wanted to become a Christian and I said yes and that was when I was 10 years old. Why did you think you needed to become a Christian? I think, you know, even at 10, maybe I, I don't think I was living right and, you know, you know, doing a lot of cursing and swearing and stuff and, you know, yeah. just, you know, I know I knew I needed the Lord and and um, I accepted him as my personal savior, and that was 10 years, that was when I was 10, and at 11 I was baptized. And uh, praise the Lord, you praise know. Praise the Lord, yes. God is good. He Amen. is. God is good, yes. And so you graduated from Nipawind, and then what did you do? Um, afterwards, uh, we joined a mission, uh, based out of Thompson, Manitoba, called Continental Mission. And we spent almost three years up in a, in a village in northern Manitoba. And while we were up there, um, God really humbled me. You know, I went in there and uh, I was armed with the scriptures and I was going to preach the gospel. And as far as I was concerned, the gospel had never been preached up there. Boy, was I ever wrong. And so after three years, I, I was really humbled. And uh, I, I, I left wondering, you know, what, what has, you know, have I failed? Um, did I misunderstand God's call on my life? Um, but I, I, I discovered in a little while that no, you know, God uh, led us out of there and for a time uh, gave us the opportunity to go back uh, to school and, uh, 
and and to uh, to receive some more tools, some more training, and uh, and just reevaluate. Um, you know, while we were up there, we thought nothing good had had happened. But you know, years later, now 10, 20, 30 years later, we're talking to people back there, and and they've told us, you know, your time up there with us, you know, it wasn't wasted. Um, you did touch lives, and. Um, and, and, that, and that humbles me, and I thank the Lord for that. So I think as the scripture says, all, all um, things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so it wasn't a waste, it was for a purpose. And I, I think it was all part of what God had for us in the future. And uh, you know, we're, we're still, we're in the present now, but the future awaits us. Yeah. I see healing hearts on your yes. shirt and healing hearts on her. Do you want to tell me what that's about? Healing hearts is a ministry that uh, really was was uh, began uh, through an urban city ministry in Regina, Saskatchewan. And uh, as as you're probably aware, Walter and Cindy Selke um, started that ministry about 25 years ago, working in in Regina. And uh, 25 years later, that ministry has, uh, has, has really been blessed by the Lord so that it, in, it, it encompasses a number of ministries outside of Regina. So, you know, we, we have uh, church planting ministries taking place uh, in Manitoba and uh, in Saskatchewan. And I guess we would be the farthest west, out west in Alberta. Our, our ministry is primarily to the Métis uh, Nation of Alberta and uh, we've been doing this for 10 years at Big Valley and so that involves uh, uh, hosting a, an annual church service at Big Valley during their Métis Rendezvous and uh, we, we have the opportunity to share the gospel with a number of Métis people and uh, within the province of Alberta but beyond. And we, we've even had folks coming from the Northwest Territories and from the United States coming to Big Valley. Now, partly because of that famous train that comes through Big Valley and the cow cowboy culture. But, uh, you know, it sort of fits in with the, the Métis uh, rendezvous as well. What do you mean, big train? There's a, 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 a steam locomotive train that comes from Stettler. And, and what happens is um, they leave Stettler, they arrive at Big Valley about a half hour later. Before they arrive into town, um, a famous historic Métis figure named Gabriel Dumont will actually hold up the train. He'll stop the train and he boards the train and, uh, and proceeds to, to rob the, the, the passengers on the train. Now it's all done in fun. Yeah. And so it's a story. You give, it's yeah, a story. And, and you, yeah, and you get you donate a toonie, and that's uh, don't for the um, Stetler Food Bank. So it's all given away, and it's all in fun, but it, it's part of what they do. It, it draws in a lot of visitors, and so at about the same time in August we have our Métis rendezvous, and what we do is uh, we we set up a, a teepee village, and there's trapper uh, tents that are set up. Um, there's examples of, you know, Bannock, we have Bannock making and uh, uh, traditional Métis dancing. We call that jigging and fiddle music. So it's a celebration of the Métis culture and that takes place every year in August. 
And again, the highlight of that weekend is our church service where we have all these people coming in. Now, what we do um, afterwards, because obviously we don't see them for another year, but when they go back into their communities, we try to stay in touch through email or through the internet or Facebook. And as a result of the social media, we're able to, uh, to follow up with additional ministry. So I've done things like I've traveled to Batoche, which is the, the famous uh, battlefield, and we've done weddings there. Uh, a week ago, we had a, a funeral in, a, in another community, a Métis community, where one, or, one of our Métis elders passed away, and uh, they asked me to come and do a prayer and uh, provide comfort for the family. We, we do these ministries at, at, with no charge. We don't charge a feed. We just trust the Lord for His provision. Are you able to do any kind of a ministry at Batoche? Other than performing marriage ceremonies, no. So, but we, we do make contacts there. We do a lot of visiting, visitation. And uh, we try to respect that this is a, a government, like a, a federal or a, a national park. So we try to respect that. But at the same time, if the Lord leads us to talk to somebody and share with them, we'll do that. And the last time I, I did a, a wedding there was about two years ago. I, I, a couple from B.C. had uh, contacted um, the Métis president of the association I belong to, and they requested a Métis chaplain come and, and do the renewal of their marriage rights. We did it at Batoche. And almost immediately, there were couples that were, were watching this take place in the park. They came up to me. They approached me and they said, would, would you come and do our wedding? Are you a chaplain? Yes. Well, I, I'm an ordained minister and um, I, I do a number of ministries. Um, under Healing Hearts, um, my, my job description would be a, a Métis chaplain. So to, to the Métis nations. Um, as far as I know... I, I might be wrong on this. I'm not aware of any other missionary work amongst the Métis people, at least in our province. So we, we pretty well feel like we're, we're pioneering something, something that, that I, I, you know, the, the Métis people have been around. You, you know that, you, you're aware of that in the history. And, and, uh, but I think they've been overlooked. And uh, traditionally, Métis people have either been of this faith or that faith. And um, we, we, we try to stick to the Bible. Our presentation of the gospel is very simple. But we use, we work within the culture. Storytelling is a big thing. And so we, we're, we're big on telling stories. But in those stories are profound gospel truths that will change lives. Okay. Tell me a story about Jesus. Jesus went into a village where the people had gathered together to condemn a woman, a woman who was caught in prostitution. And while they were gathering together and they were speaking evil against this woman, Jesus simply knelt, began to write something on the ground. We don't really know what that was. I've got an idea he might have wrote the word grace. But as he was writing on the ground, he looked up and the people, the people asked him a question. You know the law. You know what this woman has done. You know that under the law she needs to be 
put to death. What are you going to do? And Jesus simply looked up and he said, He that is without sin, pick up the first stone. And you can imagine the silence. But one by one they began to drop the stones to the ground until there was no one left. And the woman looked up with tears running from her eyes and simply said to Jesus, Master, you know I'm guilty. But Jesus said to that woman, Where are your condemners? There's none. I don't condemn you. But he did say this to her, Your sins are forgiven, but go and sin no more. And that encounter changed her life forever. Jesus did that for her. Jesus did that for me. Jesus can do that for anyone. What is grace? Grace is, is something that I don't deserve. But grace is God's mercy and His pardon for every single bad thing I've ever done and ever will. Now, it's not a cheap grace. It's a grace that came with a cost and cost Jesus his life. But Jesus, he did it willingly. The Bible says that, that by his grace we're saved through faith and not works. It's, it's all of grace. It's a gift that he gives to us. And we only have to receive it. Unwrap the bowl. Open it up and enjoy it it's free and it's free yeah. amen god is good god is good one of the things you were talking about in your testimony and i asked you what what was one of the lessons that you learned in bible school and you mentioned israel we have listeners who are some of them have just come to know the lord and they're wondering what has god got for me can you um, maybe encourage them in direction of, uh, of future learning of what they would do or what they could do, right? So one of the things that uh, I learned in Bible school was to, to love Israel, to love what God loves. And um, the second thing that I learned was how to, to hear the voice of God and to discern His will. A lot of people want to know what, what is the will of God for my life. And what I would say to you is that I would challenge you to get to know, get to hear God's voice through reading the Bible, studying it. Because it's through the pages of the Holy Scriptures that God speaks. And if we will allow God to speak, we will have clear direction for our life. There are many voices out there, hundreds of different voices, and they're all calling us, and they're all trying to get us to go on different paths. But God says there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. 
God's Word also says that there are two roads through this life. Two trails. There's a trail that leads where it's a trail where many, many people travel. It's an easy trail. But it's a trail that leads to destruction. And then there's the trail that God wants us to, to follow. It's a narrow trail. Not many people are going that way. But the Bible promises us that if we will walk that trail, it will not only lead us through this life, but it will lead us into the life which is to come. So again, I would say, if you want to know and, and hear the voice of God and know what His will is, to discern His will, then get to know His book. Read the Bible. Pray every day. And you'll grow. Did any of David's words touch your heart or stir something in your spirit? Actually, that is God using David to reach out to you. You can respond by spending time in prayer, talking to God, and you can read the Bible to see what God's Word has to say. Also, please feel free to contact Travel Trails. We'll be glad to help you connect with the Lord and Savior. God bless. Thank you, Lord, for many blessings you have given. For the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars. Thank you for the beauty of creation. But most of all, thank you for who you are, the Lord of glory, high and lifted up thou art, the King of kings, the great almighty God, the loving Savior, who laid down his life for us. precious word on earth it is the greatest book by far it holds for us the only hope of sins forgive and through your word we learn just who you glory high and lifted up thou art the king of kings the great almighty God the loving savior who laid down his life for us and I'm so thankful that you
thank you for your presence with us day by day. For strength you give, for trials on the way. Thank you for the peace that only you can give. And that we know you hear us when we Lord of glory, high and lifted up thou art.